All right, let's roll. Hour two of the show just getting started. Uh, We'll have another team in our countdown of 100 teams presented by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. That'll be coming up later in the hour. It will be another SEC team. Uh Uh-huh. Show, just stick around. It won't be long now like that monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track. (laughs) Davey likes that one. I've said it enough. I hope everybody likes it. Uh, Back with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. At Farm Bureau Insurance, across the great state of Mississippi and all 82 counties, your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Mm-hmm. Hit them up. Check them out. Favorites.com. Y'all text me, call me, tweet me, comment on the live stream to everybody watching online right now. If you got the live stream on Facebook or YouTube or Periscope, just type it in, hit submit. I'll see it. Brad, watching on Facebook, said, what about ESPN projecting State to only win two games this year? Well, they may be right, but they may be wrong. We just don't know. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. And they may be crazy, but we it's may. always just a lunatic you're looking for. <laughs> you may be wrong. <laughs> they may be crazy. Sing it. That's that old hippie and JB coming out. He's like a walking uh, jukebox of lyrics. All right. Y'all uh, text us. Me, JB, just text us. 885-ESPN, 601 number, 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. At Divini. So call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. That is a 601 number, 995-1059. Dan's worst loss. This is from Jay on the Country Pleasing text line just a little bit ago. Dan Mullen. Somebody mentioned Dan pulled an upset every year. I don't think that they did. You know, it's not my perception anyway. I have to go back and look. Now, certainly they did have some games especially early on in that 2014 season they weren't supposed to win right but and and thanks for the correction JB look what Matt daddy texted he said Billy Joel is not hippie music <laughs> okay <laughs> all right you got it I give I give you that it's not like we're talking about give me an example here uh three dog night three dog night or the mamas and the papas Janice Joplin Janice Joplin. Okay, I get it. Billy Joel, thanks, Matt Daddy. We got that out there. Music snobs, man. There's nothing like them. <laughs> All right. Jay said, Dan's worst loss, South Alabama. Ugh, I sat through that whole game. Dan and his shorts. Sad day. Thanks. That's <laughs> from Jay. <laughs> yeah, he never wore those puppies again. <laughs> what were they thinking? I guess they just thought it was hot. You know? you know, and here's the thing about it. Some of them didn't like the fact that I got on the radio in the post game and on my radio show the following Monday. I mean, I heard about it. If Dan and them didn't like something, you'd hear about it. And I heard about it for simply saying, look, if you're going to pull that and you're going to wear shorts, the other team over there 
is going to recognize it. They're going to see it. The other coaching staff is going to see it. They know that's unusual. And they're going to take it as a sign of disrespect. If you're going to wear shorts, you have to win the game. You can't wear shorts and then lose to South Alabama. You can't do it. If you win the game, nobody cares. But if you wear shorts as a coaching staff in the SEC dadgum conference, redundant, I get it, then you have to win the game. <laughs> what What were they thinking? Seriously. Eh, season opener is hot. Let's just wear shorts. It's, it's a shame they weren't bike coaches shorts. With the two big buttons in the front. Yeah. It's the a coach real pulling them up tighter as he got madder and madder. At least then it would have been a retro like fashion statement or something. That, Wearing that shorts. picture you put up on Twitter on, on Saturday was priceless. Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you, that staff and, and every coaching staff had those three coaches on staff in the 1980s. Okay, One guy, maybe the head coach, like Joe Gibbs of the Washington football team back then. And, you know, he's in fairly good shape, skinny, good shape, socks up to his knees, and he wears big old square glasses under the pawpaw cap set way up high on his head. Okay, You had one of those on your coaching staff. You also had the other guy who was not in as good a shape. He wasn't big by any stretch of the imagination, you know. But but you had him, who's a former player. Not He didn't wear a hat. But he wears those coaching shorts because he has to, you know. And then the third representative in that picture every coaching staff had, and that is a guy with a great big fat beer gut. You know, maybe he's your offensive line coach. (laughs) Maybe he is. And he has to wear those coaches' shorts as well, and the only way they stay up during practice is they give him a pair big enough to pull them up and actually snap them around his belly. Right, because then the elastic flops over. <laughs> it's not a waistline. He doesn't have a waistline. There's no waist to put the shorts on. They have to fit around his stomach. Every coaching staff had one of those. <laughs> okay, they all had them. <clears throat> Thanks for the reminder. Let me let me rattle off a few of your texts here real quick, and then I want to get you some information. I want to put it in your lap. You can do you know with it what you want to. All right, so thank you. Anthony from Tupelo sent me on the text line. We're talking about the sign that MDOT put up over the highway in the Jackson area today, and it said, be like the Big Ten and stay inside and stay away from people. You know, like (laughs) taking a shot at the Big Ten. And so there's a a deal floating around out there where there's an Ohio State fan. I don't know what this is from, but it's a group of Ohio State fans. They're all wearing masks, and he's holding up a sign that says, Let's schedule Mississippi State for 10 games and call it a season. <laughs> yeah, fans are funny, man. I'd take it. Give me 10 games. See what happens. We can answer that question. If you played so-and-so 10 times, how many times in the, you know, let's do it. Square says, lighten up Francis. He's obviously a big uh, fan of the movie Stripes as well. We got an explanation. Unnamed texture here gave us an explanation. And JB found the answer. He actually talked to Jake about it. Yeah, this guy, he, he takes his name, and it's up at the top, and I haven't just put it in yet. But okay. this is Homer Allgood. Homer Allgood? You yeah. all good, Homer? All right, Homer says, Chalk in gambling means the side of the bet is the favorite, a very heavy or strong favorite to win that side of the bet. 
Okay. All right. I got you. Jason in Flagstaff said, he said, folks talking about Conway, Arkansas, because of Central Arkansas playing the first game. You ever stop and look around that area, Brother Wyatt? It is gorgeous, especially on the Dardanelle State Park area on that lake, just west of there, about eight minutes before you enter Ozark National Forest on I-40. Yes, Jason, I have been there. Years ago, uh, we took a vacation. We actually went to Branson, and we drove to Little Rock over to Conway and then go north from there all the way up through the Ozarks and into Branson. And you're right. Once you hit Conway and, and then turn, it is gorgeous. There are you know how here JB we have signs on the side of the road that show you a, that be careful deer may cross the road right deer crossing deer crossing right you know what they have on the highway just north of of Conway Arkansas I'd have to say bear crossing no elk du elk elk there are in, in yes, Arkansas yes there are elk crossing signs does that mean they have elk or they just want to fool people. I think it's a CYA sign. It's a cover your rear end. Hey, uh, you never know. You. An elk may come running down this road and smash into your car. Let's put up a sign so we're covered. Hmm. I saw those signs. My family thought I was crazy for making a big deal out of it. Like, what's the big deal? I was like, you don't understand. An, <laughs> elk is, an elk is bigger than our car. If one comes barreling out this mountain into this highway <laughs> and we yeah, hit it. You'd know it. We, we may not make it. Yeah. All right, uh, John says the sign about the Big Ten is on I-10. I said I-55. Okay, thanks for the uh, clarification. Uh, Jay, watching on Periscope today, says, who's your dark horse in the SEC, American, Sunbelt, and Conference USA? All right, let's do this. I can just name them real quick. All right, dark horse in the SEC. Dark horse in the SEC. I would probably give that to uh, – you can't really say A&M because everybody's touting them this year. I might go Tennessee just because uh, stranger things have happened in an SEC East. And Tennessee's you know a little better and given the season, let's just say maybe they catch Georgia on a day when Georgia's got some players out or something like that. I might go Tennessee, dark horse. Um, in the American, you know, you're looking at what? You're looking at Memphis as a favorite in the American? So you can't really say Dark Horse? Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. Sunbelt, it's kind of App State and everybody else in the Sunbelt. I mean, it really is. Hmm, that's tough. I don't know if Troy is really ready to do it. Who in the Sun Belt outside of App State has a real shot at that thing? Maybe like Georgia Southern? Just come out of nowhere? Maybe Georgia Southern. And if you look at Conference USA, Dark Horse in Conference USA, hmm, I'd have to go Southern Miss with everything they have back. You know, people are talking about uh, Florida Atlantic, and I know, you know, new coach, new staff there. People talk about UAB a good bit. But I'd probably have to go Southern Miss in Conference USA. Am I off? Y'all let me know. Thanks for the question. All right, coming back to your text and your comments, I want to give you a couple of pieces of information first. You take with it, do what you want to. Uh, JB, I'm sure you've seen this everywhere. It's all over the place. This is coming from a news article at 
WDSU, News Channel 6 in Louisiana. So this would be New Orleans. It says, new CDC report shows that 94% of United States COVID deaths had contributing conditions. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control. I mean, this is not like fake news, okay? The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, released new coronavirus data. It's based on an analysis of death certificates that mention COVID-19. For 6% of them, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. The other 94% list COVID-19 and other conditions together. Among those 94%, there were, on average, 2.6 additional conditions of causes per death. So, all kinds of stuff. Now, I won't get into the exact numbers. Go read it if you want. It's all over the place. Just Google it. CDC, 94%. But, good grief. Of the deaths in this country listed as coronavirus COVID deaths, 6% of those deaths are due to COVID only. 94% of the rest of them listed, on average, 2.6 other contributing causes or factors. I had a uh, visit last night with a good friend who's a physician. Mm Mm-hmm. And she, we were talking specifically about this issue because um, she works for a, a nursing home corporation out of out of Lake Charles, but she runs the Mississippi offices. And I asked her, I said, so tell me, you know, this is what I've read, this is what I've heard. She said, well, that's true, but those 94% people, um, they would, would more than likely still be alive. Yeah, were it not for COVID, for COVID coming along. And she said the other thing that they're just now starting to grasp hold of is that that this is such a wicked respiratory uh, virus that it affects your white blood cells in such a way that they don't know yet what are the long-term effects for people that may be walking around that are asymptomatic mm-hmm. or people that had it yeah how that's going to affect them and their lungs 15 20 years down the road sure of which i responded to her and said well you know one day at a time we can't worry about it but I mean, that, that's, that's what they're looking at right now is trying, trying to figure out, okay, if you had it, what are going to be the long-term effects? Right. And, and how do you deal with that? But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really shocked me just how many hundreds of thousands of people um, have had it and recovered. Right. But then those that were, were ill with something, you know, uh-huh. and a lot of them, Matt, have been in uh, long-term care facility it's like it it's like the thing has a knack for just coming in it's invasive and it's like it figures out where your weakness is and just attacks it right it's and it attacks the weakest of the weak mm-hmm yeah that's like it's that's it's that's where it is all right so there's that i wanted you to have that piece of info look it up decide what you want to do with that yourself here's the other thing i mentioned this earlier phil Steele. What was the pun you came up with, J.B. Steele? Uh, he's, he's always steely with his pits. <laughs> it's so simple, it's stupid, but it's so stupid, it's funny. 
that's the point of a pun is to be funny. And that one is funny. <laughs> it made me genuinely laugh. He's so steely with his picks. Y'all, the man is a walking pun machine. And I never see him coming. If I did, I'd reach out here and hit the applause. But I never see them coming. He's so steely with his picks. Uh, Phil Steele, College Football Preview Magazine. 76 teams still playing. As of now. And so he has ranked, re-ranked their strength of schedules. He's got them all ranked. 1 through 76. The toughest to the weakest. The number one toughest schedule in the whole shoot match is your Arkansas Razorbacks. I mean, y'all, look, it's a tough schedule, okay? (laughs) The number one toughest schedule in the country. Host Georgia. Back-to-back road trips at Mississippi State and Auburn. Host Ole Miss. Open date. A&M. Host Tennessee. Go to Florida. Host LSU. Go to Missouri. Finish up with Alabama. (laughs) Woo! Dang. All right. Number two toughest schedule is Vanderbilt. Number three, Auburn. Number four, South Carolina. Number five, Missouri. Number six, Mississippi State. Number seven, Ole Miss. Number eight, Tennessee. Number nine, Alabama. Number 10, Kentucky. Number 11, Texas A&M. Now, this is the the 76 teams in the country playing football, y'all. He's ranking their schedule, and the top 11 toughest schedules are all in the SEC. Georgia Tech 12, Kansas 13, Baylor 14. How about that? You got one ACC team in there at 12, and then back-to-back Big 12 teams as he ranks their schedule. Kansas at 13, Baylor at 14. Miami, TCU, Florida is at number 17. Toughest schedule. Iowa State, 18. I'm going to go through 20 here. 19 is Kansas State, and then 20 is Wake Forest. SEC teams outside of the top 20 toughest schedules. Georgia at 23. We just talked about theirs. We previewed them. And LSU at 25. Did the SEC kind of protect LSU, given what's going on? This is a question. According to Phil Steele, he's re-ranked them, and LSU has the easiest schedule of any of the SEC teams. Now, let's go to the bottom of the list. 76 teams, right, that are playing football. The easiest schedule out of, the, out of the seven. <laughs> when that, hey, look. <laughs> I'm being totally serious. You're, see, you're being serious, but what I'm saying is <laughs> if, they, if he had wanted to just generate a million clicks on his yes. website, Yes. <laughs> All he had to do was put Clemson as the easiest schedule in the yeah. country. Put them down there, and you. I may do that tonight on my website. I may just say, here's the schedule's toughest and the easiest. Put Clemson's the easiest one. And put Alabama on the easiest one. And then just watch the clicks accumulate. <laughs> no, um, he has... The, Turn the comments off, though. Yeah, right. No comments. <laughs> and if we do, don't read them. Louisiana Tech. La Tech, the easiest schedule in the country at 76, and number 75, next to last, would be Southern Miss. And those two are playing each other later in September. You know, this week, Southern Miss hosts South Alabama. September 19th, they host Louisiana Tech. Uh, The 26th, they will host Tulane. 
Southern Miss then in October goes to North Texas, hosts FAU, goes to UTEP, and goes to Liberty. Then in November, no, and they also, at the end of October, they host Rice. And then in November, it's hosting UNA, North Alabama, Division II, going to Western Kentucky, hosting UTSA, and then finishing the year by playing in Birmingham against UAB. But they have Southern Miss with the next to the you know the next easiest schedule in the country next to La Tech. The other one I saw is App State. They have he has App State's schedule at number seventy four, and you know that's an App State team that should, by all accounts, beat everybody they play, uh, especially out there in the uh, in the Sun Belt. 2020 football schedule for App State. It's one that I have not looked at since it got adjusted. Charlotte, Marshall, Campbell, ULL, Georgia Southern, Arkansas State, ULM, Texas State, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, and Troy. I'm looking at it on ESPN at the schedule, and they give you what the tickets are going for for the various games. Yeah. For Marshall, tickets as low as $91. But you get to the Coastal Carolina game, tickets as low as one hundred eight dollars. As low, no as thanks. It? I think I'm sitting at home. <laughs> nobody's buying that ticket. I mean, nobody's buying a hundred dollar ticket to to see that game. That's cr- 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 crazy. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, no doubt. You see where Oklahoma put a game on pay per view this year? You got to pay fifty bucks to watch it. 50 bucks to do that or 70 bucks for a cardboard cutout (laughs) at Virginia Tech. Just splurge and and do both, why don't you? Stick around. (laughs) Back with you, rolling along here, hour number two of the show. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Enjoyed yesterday on the show, uh, show talking with Jim Richmond from Seaspire about their new partnership with Kirk Herbstreet from ESPN College Game Day, a really cool thing. Seaspire, uh, they call Mississippi home. They've really grown. They're huge in Alabama and Tennessee and elsewhere. And uh, now they're partnering up with Kirk Herbstreet. That campaign with Herbstreet and Seaspire begins today. You'll start to see more and more about that. And uh, really cool. And if you want to hear that interview, some of the details on that partnership that we did yesterday, uh, look it up. You can find my podcast wherever you look for podcasts, you know, just iTunes or anything. Just search the Matt Wyatt show. You'll see the logo there and uh, subscribe and listen away. Yesterday's show and interviews and things are posted. Also, the interview with John Cox, the voice of Southern Miss. And speaking of Southern Miss, let's talk about that now. Ponto called us here on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Ponto, what's up? Hey. Hey. Good afternoon. Uh, no, I heard you mentioning Southern Mississippi, which I plan to go see all of their games in Hattiesburg. Great. But the good old Clan Ledger says that the Dixie Darlings are dead. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is any band or dancing girls present this year in college hmm. football hmm. So that's where i want to go well you know what uh ponto i think they can now i should know this but i think i read that the bands can be there and play but they can't march on the field at halftime i think that's what i saw 
I don't know for sure. You mean to tell me if if the band performs and is there, you'll go, and the dancing girls, but if not, you're not going? That's my priority. <laughs> if they've got dancing girls in the band, that's on my list. But, okay. But the SEC, is, the SEC says no, no band. I don't think they even allow it. They're not even going to allow but them in know, there? I don't think so, but I'm not sure either. Mm. But I just wondered about, you know, Conference USA and Sunbelt. Yeah. I, I'm curious. I didn't see the... Uh, uh, the opener. I, I missed Austin P in uh, in Central Arkansas. But did they have bands? You remember? Were there uh, bands there? No, they did not have bands there. Um, yeah. And, you know, there were. I tell you, man, there was almost nobody at that game. Uh, but television, the television broadcast, uh, Ponto did a really nice job. You you really wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to know unless they told you that the announcers weren't even there. They were. You know, in Bristol or whatever, the sideline announcer was there, but she was the only one. The others were doing it remotely. There was almost nobody in the stands, but you couldn't really tell that. They really magnified the the sound of the fans who were there somehow. And so the TV product was really good, and it was an interesting game, especially in the second half. Was the game in Bristol or Montgomery? It was in Montgomery. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The announcers were not there. The play-by-play and color guys were doing it remotely. Well, why Montgomery? Uh, it's just a game they had scheduled there. It's a part of they called it. It had a sponsor, and it was the FCS kickoff game by so and so. You know, so it was already scheduled to be there. Mm-hmm. Hey, but you'll find this interesting, Ponto. Listen to this. So, yeah. so Central Arkansas played in Montgomery on Saturday night, like we're talking about. They play Thursday night in Birmingham against UAB. UAB paid for the Central Arkansas team to bus Saturday night from Montgomery up to Birmingham. They are staying in a hotel in Birmingham all week this week. UAB is paying for that. And UAB is also paying for Central Arkansas to go through coronavirus testing all week long leading up to the game on Thursday. <laughs> okay. That so cool? I need to be in Birmingham Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's where you that's need to go. Need yeah, to, head over there. I need to go to Birmingham Thursday night. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope the Dixie Darlings are resurrected somewhere this year <laughs> you know you said you married a homecoming queen i, did. I married a dixie darling well yeah congrats on that that a boy 57 years ago yeah you some kind of salesman <laughs> but but i don't have her anymore so we'll change okay. well bless your heart well hang in there ponto yeah. call, call me anytime okay yeah hallelujah for september yep same here hallelujah thanks for the call September I couldn't find anything about the uh, about whether or not the Dixie Darlings will perform, but I did uh, stumble upon a brand new piece of information that Patrick McGee just wrote about at the Sun Herald website. What's it say? Uh, about five hours ago, uh, that they are going to rename the Dixie Darlings. They're taking the Dixie away mm-hmm. and uh, coming up with a new name. So maybe this year they will spend on the sideline trying to decipher what that new name would be. Hmm. Yeah, you got any ideas? You want to you want to send? Well, them? I've already tried to rename the band. I think it ought to be the Golden Eagle Band from Eagle Land. But you know, nobody cares. Instead of the Pride of Mississippi, <laughs> the Golden Band. What if the if the band is the Pride of Mississippi? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we need to get Country Pleasing Sausage to sponsor the dancers, and then they can be the. 
The country pleasing performers. Country pleasing performers? Sounds good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm, we messed it up. Uh, are we'll, the are the sausage? No, never mind. That, that wasn't going to work. I'm trying to be too creative and it's not working. Yeah, let's just. Yeah, I can't. We got to think on it. We got to simmer on that. Speaking of sausage, let's just let it simmer. <laughs> the uh, country pleasing text line eight eight five ESPN. Mailman David said. Clarion Ledger reporting Deion Sanders to be a candidate for the Jackson State job. Well, look, Deion Sanders knows football, yes. Um, you know, can he recruit there? I don't know. You know, uh, is it going to be like Memphis hiring uh, Penny Hardaway, who was big in AAU basketball, Thinking that he's going to have the ability to go there to Memphis and get those AU players, even if it's you got to pay them, you know, it's against rules, but you, everybody has to pay them to get them to come to Memphis. You know, is JSU going to have something like that? Is that what they think? I, I don't know. Um, it would certainly make headlines. David kind of gave me an eye roll emoji there with an LOL. I, I don't know about. I don't. I don't know that that makes any sense at all. Just because it's a name does not mean it's somebody's going to be able to go there and run a program in college and and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Grumpy texted us and he said, Matt, hey, Grumpy here. have been keeping a low profile, enjoying MAIS football and fishing with country pleasing sausage. Photos attached. Keep praying for our country. That's from Grumpy. That. That's a nice little gator. Is. And well, and look at the picture before that. He sent us a picture of a, a, a young man holding a largemouth bass that is at least eight pounds. It may be seven, but I think it's about an eight-pound chunk largemouth bass. And, yes, look at that. It's an alligator. The man is out here attracting alligators with sausage. Those lucky alligators, he's feeding them good meat. Why don't you give them, like, the scraps, man? (laughs) Uh, Bulldog Blitz says Arkansas reintroduced elk. So did Kentucky and Tennessee. See, I did not know that. So it's, you say reintroduced, were they native to Arkansas and then just got thinned out or what? Okay, the, um, so it's multiple places. John on Facebook said that the M dot sign that makes fun of the Big Ten, right now in Mississippi, if you're driving around, you may see it. You know, hey, do like the Big Ten and stay away from folks and shut it down this fall, you know. Uh, John on Facebook said that it's on I-10, but Chris at the Res says Big Ten sign is on I-55 near Renaissance as well. So it's in multiple places. It's an MDOT deal. Hey, Matt. Hey, JB. We had, we had a really kind uh, lady listener just called. She didn't want to jump on the air with you. Mm-hmm. But she did say that they are uh, changing some of the music uh, for the Dixie Darlings, whose name will be changed. And she had a good name. She had a couple of them. Okay. Check this out. The Southern Darlings. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now, the one they have on their uh, Facebook page, it says the Rockets of the Gridiron. Okay. The so. Rockets of the Gridiron. Well, the problem with that is we already have a gridiron. It's Chris Brooks. It's Chris Brooks and Beaver. Now, I'm sure Beaver would like that, single and all. You know, the Rockets of the Gridiron. Now, hey, look, if they do that, if they go with the Rockets of the Gridiron, 
then no question about it, we got to somehow get them connected with the with the gridiron, with Chris Brooks and Beaver here on our radio. Well, there's already a poster here in the studio. I saw of it. The Dixie Darling. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and a bunch of them are grandmas by now. Because <laughs> that poster is what twelve years old. Ten. Well, maybe not grandmas. They got four hundred one ks now. No, it was last year, twenty nineteen. Oh, oh, I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. Does it have autographs on there? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's say this. Look, somewhere I think that was a Jake Wimberly thing, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. In the studio where, the Farm Bureau studio where JB is sitting right now, and he can see it, is a poster of the aforementioned Dixie Darlings about to have a name change. The dancers at Southern Miss. It's from last year, and it's autographed. Now, Jake, I want to know where you got it. I want the story behind this. Is it as simple as, Jake, you went to a fan event for Southern Miss, which they would have one where, you know, Coach Hobson would come speak and and everything, they do it in the Jackson area, and they brought them. Is it that simple, or is there more to the story? I think there's more to the story, and I'll see what I can find out during the break. Thank you, JB. We want the rest of the story. Somebody, we have a vote on the Country Pleasing text line for the Dancing Girls brought to you by Country Pleasing Sauces. <laughs> we'll see about that. I'm Matt. Y'all stick around. Storm season is here. Having trouble finding professionals? Is your roof currently leaking? Wonder who to call? Thing no longer. Why choose the rest when you could choose the best? Dependable, hardworking contractors. America's best roofing. 601-939-9991. MyRoofMyWay.com. Back. Rounding out hour number two with you here today on this Tuesday. A long way to go. Hour three coming up. Plenty to get into there. Who's opting out? JB sent me a list earlier of all the opt-outs in the SEC. Every player who's to this point at every school has said, we're going to opt out. And we'll go over that list, make sure we're aware at this point of who they are. Coming up in hour three. Right around the corner. Uh, I meant to put this um, in your lap a few minutes ago. Kind of got sidetracked here. It's my fault. Uh, No, I I want you to know. You may have seen this. It kind of confirms what we all talked about back when it happened. The vote in the Big Ten, when they voted to cancel the season, there were three schools who voted to continue. And now that information is out there. Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska. Got to be. All right, let's see. And I don't know them off the top of my head. I'm going to look in the story here and see if you're right. Okay, you say your your guess is Ohio State, who? Michigan and Nebraska. Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska. Okay, let's see here. And and by the way, this information is now public because it came in the affidavits as a a part of the affidavits filed in response to a lawsuit from eight Nebraska players. The vote was 11-3. to The Big Ten did not list how each school voted, although 
Multiple sources told ESPN that it was Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa. The, mm. the three schools voting against postponement. That would mean both Michigan schools voted for postponement? Yeah. Well, as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> That's right. Two out of three. Let's see. That's right. Two out of three. You can, you'd be a Hall of Famer in Major League Baseball if you can hit two out of three. Be a pro football Hall of Famer if you completed 66% of your passes. That's right. All three schools repeatedly have voiced their opposition to the decision to cancel football. League bylaws require at least 60% of the council to approve key decisions. The Nebraska players' lawsuit and others had questioned the process, the mechanics of the vote. They noted that Minnesota President Joan Gable stopped short of describing an actual vote. I don't even know what that means. Who cares? Means they didn't really vote. Yeah, I guess maybe they didn't. They just kind of said, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, you three, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they got 11 to 3, and the three were Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State. And then we saw today, and this is backtracking, we mentioned this earlier, but in just in case you just joined us and didn't know, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, tweeted that he had a conversation today with Keith Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten. Big Ten then confirmed that in a statement that they had a productive conversation. Trump's tweet was, they need to get football going, the country needs it, it'd be great, and uh, you know we'll see if it happens. And boy, howdy, JB, there's a whole bunch of media that don't know what to do about this. What's that, pal? About Donald Trump tweeting, had a very productive conversation with Keith Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, about immediately starting up Big Ten football would be great for everyone, players, fans in the country, on the one-yard line. Somebody said, well, does that mean we got one yard to go or 99? <laughs> yeah, a lot of folks don't know what to do with that. But anyway, that's out there uh, today. Hey, Walton, thank you. I mentioned C Spire and their relationship, marketing relationship with Kirk Herbstreet. They're partnering on a new campaign. It began today. Talked about it yesterday with Jim Richmond from Ceasefire here on the show. If you missed that, want to go hear it, that and other interviews and the show available for you on the podcast. Just anywhere you get a podcast, search The Matt Wyatt Show. Uh, iTunes podcast is right there. Yesterday's show is up. But he said, he tweeted or texted and said, I absolutely love when I see Mississippi companies playing with the nationwide big boys, Ceasefire, Primos, Mossy Oak, just to name a few, hashtag Mississippi Proud. Yeah, it really is good. I mean, it's, You'd have to throw country pleasing in there too. Country pleasing throughout the southeast. See those trucks everywhere. JC texted and said the Golden Girls rather than the Dixie Darlings. The Golden Girls is pretty clever now, although it insinuates people living in a retirement community, which I don't know if that's what you want, but it does sound good. Maybe there's a maybe there's a trademark on that because of the TV show. In regards to Reports out there that Deion Sanders is a candidate for the Jackson State coaching job. The Real Eric texts the show, and he said, sounds like Jackson State's just trying to sell tickets. It does sound that way. Several texts about Missouri and Arkansas having their elk population. Raider Nation said it add Missouri to the elk list. Get them thinned out, and then they, you know, reintroduce them in there. All right. Here we go. 
We had team number four on the countdown of 100 teams earlier in the first hour. We're going to knock another one out. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Boy, we are close. Uh, we meant to get to five yesterday. We're going to do that right now. Let's do it. Team number it's five. The final 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408 5155. That's 408 5155. Yeah, good old Matt. Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. He can help you if you're buying property. You want to take a look at that, you know, timberland or hunting property, recreational property, waterfront, whatever it is. Hit him up. Call him because he can get you a 360-degree interactive drone tour of the property. Just look at it on your computer before you head out there. If you're selling property, he's going to get you reports, tell you who's looking, traffic reports, all that stuff. Check it out. Matt Anderson, 601-408-5155-408-5155. Team number five is also an SEC team. The Gators from Gainesville. So Florida at number five, it means we had, yesterday we had LSU at six. Given what LSU did last year, it makes sense where people had them on preseason stuff and all that, but given what's going gone on with LSU here lately, all the attrition and opt-outs and injuries and quitting and, you know, all that, it's a little curious that LSU would be that high, but it's not curious that Florida would be up this high. I think Florida is going to wind up being your Eastern Division champion this year. I do think quarterback has a lot to do with it. But I think at this point in his career, I think it's time for Dan Mullen to pop if there ever was one. Being an established coach with an established quarterback, an established program in the midst of a pandemic-type situation, I think this will be it for Florida this year. You look at their schedule, right? We're starting at the end of September. They go to Ole Miss for game one. They'll win the game. And it's 11 a.m. on ESPN. We got that time slot today. Then you look at the run that they have next. Home against South Carolina the next week to start the month of October. That's a win. That's a win. At Texas A&M, JB, in week three. And A&M's, one of A&M's senior cornerbacks just yesterday announced he's opting out. Right. So I'd I'd have to give them a win there. So at this point, I'd say they're probably three and zero. Coming home on October seventeenth to host LSU, win. I think yep. they'll beat them, and then finish up their October schedule by hosting Missouri. So technically, they have three straight home games. Technically, LSU, Missouri, and then uh, and then Georgia versus Georgia. With an open date before the cocktail deal. But see, that's the other thing. Right. Florida gets their open date at the end of October just before playing Georgia in the in the cocktail party game. And it's time for Florida to beat them. You know what I mean? Like the pressure's on, even in the middle of all this stuff going on. Okay, so their their schedule, 10 games, is split right down the middle with an open date on October 31st. Five before the open date, five after. The five before 
Three out of the five are at home. South Carolina, LSU, Missouri at home. The two on the road are Ole Miss and A&M. One win, one toss-up. They could be 5-0 and at the break. Then have an open day, if they're healthy and all that. Why are we just now seeing this, Matt, that they play? Check this out now. They play LSU on the 17th of October mm-hmm. at home. At home the 24th of October against Missouri. Open date. Cocktail party in Jacksonville. Right. They're the home team. The next week, they have Arkansas at right. home. Right, right. So it's basically... Four straight home game. So it's one month of never leaving the state of Florida. One that's, solid month. That's nuts. I, don't, I didn't realize that when the schedules came out. Mm-hmm. One month and never leave the state of Florida. All right, so November schedule. Home against Arkansas. At Vandy. Home against Kentucky at Tennessee. That's four wins. I believe their schedule, Florida's schedule, hinges on these two games. At Texas A&M on October 13th. And, well, Jacksonville against Georgia on November 7th. So the whole thing hinges on those two. They should be better than A&M, regardless of where they play them. And they get Georgia after the open date. Yeah. If I'm making predictions right now, give me Alabama and Florida in the uh, in the title game. And the biggest TV rating they've ever had for that game. Yep. Said it. That's what we're looking at. All right. That's hour three. No, that's hour two. Hour three coming up. Stay with me. 